Hello and welcome to Clashy, a podcast where we discuss the classy and the trashy in pop culture and our equal love of both. Uh, happy President's Day, that holiday season that everybody looks forward to. It's that most wonderful time of the year. We are talking about... <laughs> you know when people ask what's your favorite holiday and everybody says President's Day? We are discussing uh, the film Lincoln and the film Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. <laughs> Not to be confused with Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. Yes, that's I think what threw me off. That that yes. that, that was hilarious because you were. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Because I hadn't started the movie yet. And I was like, okay, but I Slayer. went back in our conversation this morning, and I was the one who had initially called it Slayer, and then uh... Andrew was like, I need to watch Slayer, and I was like, what are you talking about? Hi, I'm Sarah. A classy fact about me is that I've been asked to give a presentation for a student chapter in my profession. So I'm excited about that. And one of the questions is, how did you get here? And it led me into an existential spiral, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A trashy fact about me is, you know how the, um, uh, those, like, Fitbit Apple watches things they like track the calories that you burn during a day um when I was home over the holidays I closed my uh calorie movement ring but it was while I was reaching for seconds at dinner (laughs) (laughs) I lifted my arm to get out some more I think it was enchiladas maybe no it was a Reuben my aunt made Reuben sandwiches but I was like let me get some more of that and then my 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 wristwatch is like beep beep you hit your your movement for the day and I'm like oh good for me (laughs) I love that. <laughs> I'll go. So my name is Andrea, and a classy fact about me is that I've been doing some dance workouts. Nice. So, so proud of you. Because I've been peer pressured into it. Just kidding. I asked to do this to encourage me. The trashy fact is that my favorite one is the High School Musical one. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it do you need flies. a basketball for it? No, but you you do like. <clears throat> let me give you guys a visual. The poor the poor listeners are oh gonna God, miss yes. it. But we do you do do get your head in the game, and you do. Wait, like, do I have your permission to record this for Twitter? No. <laughs> ah. Well, like, okay, where is it? It's like you get low and do lunges like this, like you're dribbling a ball. Oh, okay. And then you like switch around. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. I love it. Listen, I played basketball for you know a good number of years. <laughs> And I don't know that we ever did that with our legs, but you know what I'm supposed to It looks cool. Just kidding, it looks so dumb. Um, and then like you do like the wild cat stuff, and it's really fun. <laughs> That's adorable. That Those kind of workouts are fun. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, my name is Chandra, and a classy fact about me is that I, along with DC Andrea, joined a craft club at work. I'm so proud oh, nice. of you. Thank you. I was. I feel so. It's um, just uh, a few of us at work who are nerdy, and we also <laughs> craft. So we have lunch every Wednesday, and we chat and we craft after we eat. And that is lovely. so cute. Look at you being an extrovert. I know. Look I'm so proud of myself. 
You should be. That's so fun. And a trashy fact about me is, I don't know if I've ever like told you guys this, but a trashy fact about me is I bite my nails. I think we talked about Oh, that no. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. So I am. Ter- I've always been biting my nails, especially when I get nervous. So I always knew it was finals time, like, because I was like, had no nails, but I'll go through periods where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be so good and not bite my nails. And then like when mom, my, when I was younger, my mom was like, okay, if you do not bite your nails for a week, I will take you to go get your nails done at the manicure. (laughs) And I was like, got it. But like, it never stuck. (laughs) Did you ever use that turpentine stuff? My sister used that. Yeah, I didn't care. Like I just, (laughs) it didn't break I love it. I'll, like, pick at my hair like this. Like, that's my nervous habit. Yeah. Mine is pushing my cuticles back mm-hmm. with that's my fingernails. That's good for you. That's great. Yeah. Is it? Well, well, well. I, mean, well. I don't know if it's good <laughs> Look for who hacked the system. It depends on how much you're pushing them back. Yeah. It. Nope. It no takes these back since you said it's a good habit. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to think about it any deeper than that. Okay. Well, guys. Uh, time to talk about Lincoln, and my first thing to say is that when I was looking up um, a summary online to help me, because Lord knows I'm going to need help with this, I saw that the film came out in 2012, and I could have sworn to you that this came out tops three years ago. I feel like (laughs) people were talking about it, like, recently as, like, wow, I almost said Robert Downey Jr. What's the other three-name guy? Who stars in it? Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh my god, his performance. It's so great. Blah, 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 blah. I feel like that was, like, a recent conversation in the, like, zeitgeist. And so I was guessing, I don't know, like, genuinely at the very earliest, like, 20... I don't know. I don't know. It said 2012, and I, like, my jaw literally dropped open. So I, (laughs) like, genuinely freaked out by that. Um, I just... Whatever. Enough about the year it came out. The movie (laughs) itself (laughs) is a film... It's, like, kind of a biopic isn't the right word but it's like it's based on abraham lincoln uh for those of you who aren't familiar the u.s president abraham lincoln the movie focuses on abraham lincoln's last four months in office which are also unfortunately his last four months being alive (laughs) um spoilers for history abraham lincoln was assassinated but um yeah it's really focusing on his push to get the 13th amendment ratified which would guarantee freedom for all uh, men. <laughs> uh, basically, it would end slavery and uh, protect it in the Constitution. Uh, and, you know, all of the political dealings that he had to put up with to accomplish that. So, um, or at least, you know, get that in motion. Um, so, what are you guys' experiences with this film? Or with Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> well, Abe and I go way back. Um <laughs> mm-hmm. I think in kindergarten, we had to either, like, do one of those, like, cardstock cut and put together pictures of Lincoln or George <laughs> Washington. And Pin I the think, hat on the Lincoln. I think I went Lincoln because, yeah, I got to do the little buckle on his hat. Which I don't nice. think he had one, but I wanted to put a buckle on it. Yeah, that's more Pilgrim vibes, but, it, yeah. but I'll allow it. We <laughs> go way back in that regard. And I do believe I saw this movie in 2012. But I think I, well, no, no, because it would have been out, like, on DVD, and I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. 
I don't think it deserved that. I'm just saying that I was probably really tired at the time. Listen, it is a somberly paced movie. Yeah. Uh, so I don't believe <laughs> it's not a good movie to watch when you're tired. Yeah, I think that was still when, like, when when it was Oscar season, I would try to watch everything, and then I gave up on that because sometimes the Academy has terrible taste, and I don't have time for it. Agreed. That's true. (laughs) Um, I also did a Lincoln Project in elementary school. I'm pretty sure it was second grade, and we had to bring in, you know those round cylinder salt containers? We had, like, we had to bring them in, and I just remember my mom being like... What are we like? She gave us like like our teacher gave us like one week warning, and my mom's like, "We have a full container. What am I supposed to do with all this salt?" <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> oh, really I feel like you talked about this during the Hocus Pocus episode because we were talking about the Morton salt. Yeah, oh, really. I, yes. I can't believe I brought this up again. Anyway, so we used so that funny. salt container as like his top hat. Yeah, and like cute. Okay, so yeah, so we did that. But um, also, I've seen the hat. Um, the hat that he wore, um, is at the Smithsonian. Um, I would have thought you'd see it like in Illinois or around, you know, the hats in Springfield, the hats in DC here. Um, but as far as the movie is concerned, I've never seen it before. And I think it's, I think it's important to note that I have been putting off this episode for so long. (laughs) Sarah suggested it in like September. We've all been putting it off. Yeah. And oh, I suggested this pairing. Yeah. I want to say almost a year ago. It was so long ago. And I just, I kept putting it off. And then it came, it became time that it was like, okay, we got to do this episode. And then we just kept putting it off. And we kept putting it off. And I kept telling DC, Andrea, and Kate. And I was like, guys, we just keep putting it off. It's great. I'm not even trying anymore. And so. In, oh, wow. In Peek our, behind the curtain. In our group chat, like, um. DC Andrea changed my name to Chandra Abraham Lincoln Slayer. <laughs> and then once I finally watched uh, Vampire Hunter, I like changed my name to it wasn't even that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you loved it and I loved it, and we will get to that. Uh but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and as far as Lincoln is concerned, I, I like again, also I saw that it was two and a half hours long and I was like, Good God, we're gonna suffer mm-hmm. so much. And like it's somberly placed, but I enjoyed myself because I adore the West shot. It's beautifully yeah. shot, but the the wheeling and dealing and the politics of it is something that I got more interested in after I watched West Wing and moved to DC, and now I work close to Capitol Hill, so it feels yeah. a little more I don't know relevant to me. Yeah, but yeah, no. So I was into it. I found the politics really interesting, and I think that's something else be talking about a lot as we go on through this yeah yeah i was honestly a little surprised with your pushback because i was like you're the one who's like the political nerd i feel like you would be the most into this lincoln episode well i wasn't sure what to expect i just like i know how it ends and who wants to go through that the thing with me is so i had not seen the vampire hunter but i have seen pride and prejudice and zombies and it was one of the worst things i've ever experienced so Oh, different, different, uh, so I thought, author, though. no, it's not even the same. Yeah, it's a completely different thing, but they kind of have a similar vibe, and I just assumed I wouldn't like it. Yeah. But that's fair. That's not so far so good. Yeah, so I, you know, this movie came out, and everyone said it was great, and I just really didn't have a super interest in seeing it because it seemed like it would be 
boring. Uh, again, no disrespect for Mr. Lincoln. But yeah, well, yeah. And then, you know, I wanted to watch Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. So I was like, I guess the classy thing would have to be Lincoln. But, you know, I watched it, I think, in like two sittings because it was kind of slow. Um, but like when I wish that Chandra had mentioned the West Wing point of view <laughs> before I watched it, because I love watching the West Wing, although it's definitely a lot like zippier. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> And there was no CJ in this, which is tragic. But, um, no, I mean, like, it was a good movie. And then, like, Andrea was saying, like, it's beautifully shot. And at the end, I was like, yeah, that was a really pretty movie. And then it was, like, a uh, splash credit at the end. It was, like, directed by Steven Spielberg. And I was like, oh, right. I that forgot guy. that. <laughs> he you. knows what he's doing, usually. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Um, oh, and also my experience with Abraham Lincoln is I have been to Springfield and touched the nose statue that's supposed to be good luck that's all worn off and seen where he's buried which is kind of interesting um okay okay so we were kind of talking before we started recording and um this is gonna be one of those that's kind of tricky to summarize because literally the only thing that happens in this movie is like a series of conversations like yeah. Is, can, can you guys remind me? Did I forget? Because I watched it a while ago. Is there like an action scene in this other than like flashbacks to the war? Yeah, like, yeah. That's that's all I can think of. Is like it starts yeah. off with it's like it's like jarring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Um. So yes. Yeah, so it's just a series of conversations. Which, uh, if you would like more detail, in, I would highly suggest watching the movie. But it's basically, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like, um. Uh, this is kind of a cliche, but it's very much like a political chess match, right? Like he, it's just these series of, um, not even events so much as like conversations and strategic decisions and trying to get certain people to support a thing at a certain time so that ultimately, like we said, the goal was to get the 13th Amendment passed and ratified into the Constitution. And I mean, I don't know what the proper time is to say this. The legacy of Abraham Lincoln especially for those of people that didn't grow up in the United States is largely positive. Um, he did a lot of great things for the country. Uh, it's unfortunately not like so uncomplicated that it was just like, he believed in equal rights in an uncomplicated way. It was very politically motivated, but like the important thing <laughs> of his legacy is that he did sign the emancipation, which opened the door to the end of slavery which then opened the door to uh, equal rights, which we're still fighting for today. But yeah. it was an important step in equality. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. And I'm not bashing on him or his legacy. I just don't want it to sound like we're uh, unaware of the fact that it's yeah. complicated. Yeah. It's also romanticized. So mm-hmm. especially because of his end. Especially because of what? Uh, because of how, he, like, uh, because of his assassination. I feel yeah. like his... Yes legacy is romanticized greatly so the movie opens uh with him meeting with the troops i believe and a couple of them come up and like a fanboy over him and like quote the gettysburg address which i find hilarious oh man i was gonna start this episode by saying four score and seven years ago but i forgot (laughs) (laughs) and then we'd all pull out our fingers and start counting how much is four score (laughs) <laughs> right honestly <laughs> when i looked up the release date for this movie it might as well have said four score and seven years ago because it was 2012 um Which, by the way was 11 years ago i don't like your attitude 
Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So, essentially, where we're at when the movie starts, Lincoln is pretty sure that the Civil War is going to end soon. And before that happens, he wants to have the Union vote on approving the 13th Amendment, which would free the slaves in, um, well, most of them. <laughs> Again, it's complicated. Um, <laughs> Chandra, you're more politically uh, competent than I am. Can you explain in greater detail? Because I know it's like the 13th Amendment, like, freed slaves, well, but only, like, in certain conditions. It wasn't just, like, a across-the-board, like, all men and women are created equal, unfortunately. So, the 13th Amendment, <clears throat> as I remember it, from what it said in there, and I believe it still has this qualifier in it, actually. Um, <laughs> all men, or, like, all people are not enslaved unless they have been convicted of a crime, and then they can be enslaved. Yes, which is unfortunate, because now we have our prison industrial complex, which is... Exactly. Very close brother of slavery. <laughs> but, um... And that was a nervous laugh, not a I'm okay with <laughs> this laugh. <laughs> laughing in self-defense. Yeah. Yes. So basically, Lincoln wanted to get this done because he saw the end of the war coming because the Union was winning. The South was, well, the South was losing. I want to say the Union wanted winning. Um, so he wanted to get it done <laughs> uh, before they had to bring, because it was always the intention to bring, I believe it was always the intention to bring the Southern states back into uh the union which means they would be back into congress which means it would be a much harder to pass the 13th amendment with the southern states represented right in congress um so getting that yes. done beforehand covers that base and takes that particular amendment out of the negotiations for the treaty of peace right and so he's balancing all of these different elements where some um people further on the abolition side want to wait so that there's more support for it so it's guaranteed to pass but lincoln is like no if we wait then the war is gonna end and like shander was saying that'll complicate things um and then of course there are people that are like pushing for peace negotiate negotiations but he's like no i don't want to do that yet because i want to get this passed i mean that's essentially the whole back and forth of the movie is uh people with conflicting motivations or similar motivations but like with different ideas on the tactics uh trying to get this get this moving basically um and to complicate things on a personal level for uh lincoln his oldest son comes back from college and wants to join the war so that he can you know have a proud legacy and not just be like in his dad's shadow and Lincoln's like, no, I really don't want you to do that. <laughs> um, but the, you know, the son insists and Lincoln like reluctantly like approves. And then his wife definitely does not approve. And then she's basically like, okay, cool. You better get your ass to work and give this amendment passed so that my son can come home because if he dies, I will kill you. <laughs> um, uh, Mary Todd Lincoln, by the way, played by Sally Field, who is just uh, amazing. amazing. What was the sick burn that you enjoyed? Chandra? It was during a party and I can't remember now because I, I, I also watched it in two parts and this was in the first part. It's the part mm -hmm. where they're at a party and they're receiving guests and Mary Todd Lincoln is telling some 
some of like the politicians and she just puts them in their place so well like being like she does it with a smile on her face like perfect hostess material she just delivers a burn (laughs) and i wish i could remember it i should have looked it up um hold on i i think i wrote it down oh okay so she's talking yeah to one of lincoln's political rivals and she says how difficult it must be for you to know that uh um uh no she hold on that's right that's how it started yeah how difficult it must be for you to something so he so the guy is like she's basically saying that he'll she'll he'll never have the power that lincoln has and she says, how difficult it must be for you to know that. And yet how important it is to that you remember it. Yes. <laughs> and then she oh. walks away. And you're like, yes. You go, Mary Todd. <laughs> I have to say, and I, th- I think you guys will agree with me, but Abe Lincoln and Jed Bartlett from West Wing give off very similar vibes. And, like, they're so <laughs> smart. And, like, whenever they just talk into a room, they just – their conversations are enigmatic. And, like, everyone pays attention to them. I'm sure Jed Bartlett would be delighted to hear that. Um, but also, Abby Bartlett and uh, Mary Todd Lincoln, same vibes. <laughs> they put up with... Yeah, that's no true. That's funny. Husband. Nor should they. But now that you bring that up, I remember that a big, a bigger than expected chunk of this movie was Lincoln going into what I like to refer to as grandpa mode, where like people are trying to like get something done or like get to a point in a conversation, and then he's like, this reminds me of a story. And then he'll, like, go on this kind of little rambling tangent that, you know, circles back around and, like, makes a key point yeah. or whatever. Um, and it's funny because, like, you could tell, you know, everybody has kind of different reactions to it. Some people will just kind of, like, sit back and be like, oh, here he goes. And some people will be like, oh, my God, here he goes again. <laughs> but, was it, but, like, I just remember, because I just watched the rest of it today. Was that Adam Driver and the other engineer? Yes! The, doing the Morse code thing. And he just, like... He like the it's like it gives you an insight into the his mind of like how he thinks and how he processes things, and I think that's a really good yeah. quality for a president. Yeah, I think it was neat. The dream, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's it was also wild to hear, and for anybody who's not familiar with this aspect of American political parties, so. Basically, Democrats and Republicans by name used to be opposite. Mm -hmm. So it used to be the Republicans, you know, Lincoln was a Republican, which modern day Republicans love to talk about. But modern day Republicans would be repulsive to Abraham Lincoln because they believe in like the opposite (laughs) political structure. Um, So, so, you know, it used to be Republicans were, you know, like, you know, strong central government, um, equal rights they were more likely to push for and that kind of thing and then the democrats were like the opposite and then we don't have to get into the complicated reasons why but essentially those names flipped so (laughs) so what would be more closely related to modern day liberals or democrats were then called republicans so it's wild from a modern ear to hear republicans being like we want equal rights we need equality and i'm like that is not yeah (laughs) they don't give a shit about that today that's for sure Yeah. Well, I remember when this movie came out, a lot of the talk being around, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis and Sally Field, like Sarah was saying, like their performance. But I remember like they, like Daniel Day-Lewis did so much to get his voice to be Lincoln's voice. Like, I can't so what I have did. a question about that. Do we have, how do we know 
what Lincoln's voice sounded like. I think he had like something. I'm, you know what? I'm going to Google it while we do it. But yeah, it's a, it's a unique cadence, I would say. Well, probably because he When was, was the phonograph invented? <laughs> not till later, I don't think. Hmm. What were you going to say, Shandra? Sorry. Um, first of all, I'm, now that I say not till later, I'm almost positive it wasn't until later. Um, well, he grew up in Kentucky, or like was, he was born in Kentucky and then moved to Indiana and Illinois. So a southern, like a southern Indiana, which is where he was, and, and Kentucky almost has a, like a, it has a southern accent to it. So there's that. And then he moved to mm-hmm. Illinois. So I'm not surprised there was a bit, he had a bit of a drawl. Okay. It drew, drew out as well. Yeah. So, so yes, some guy like, rec- like um, wrote a lot about him and like listened to like all of his speeches, and he did a very um, in detail description of his voice, which was oh, that's amazing. Like a contemporary of his. Yeah. Okay. It was a thin tenor, a rather falsetto voice, almost as high pitched as a boatswain's whistle. Um, and it could be described as shrill and sharp when he was speaking, and they have even more here. Wow. wow. And what's the source for that? Um, journalist Horace White. Amazing. That's so cool. And that's why historical records are oh, and, interesting and, and important. the Library of Congress, by the way. Um, okay, so there's a lot of, speaking of his speeches and stuff, there's a lot of really good dialogue in this movie. We shouted out Mary Todd's burn earlier, which I totally biffed and stumbled across. Apologies. Um, but there's, the, you know, the whole sequence where he's basically trying to use his uh, executive authority to get slavery abolished before, you know, the shifty politics make it maybe reversible, which would obviously be awful. So this guy's accusing Lincoln of being a tyrant, essentially, and one of his allies says, if Lincoln was really a tyrant, he would have your empty head on a pike. <laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, imagine, I mean, imagine in this day and age going up to your coworker and being like, you deserve to be murdered. <laughs> okay, let's see here. <laughs> okay, my point, my note at this point is feels like a movie we would watch in history class in school. <laughs> But I mean, I'm curious. I wish there was a way we could magically know how many school, like, history classes since 2012 have watched this film. (laughs) Like, the teacher's feeling a little tired. I literally had a teacher play an edited version of The Patriot, which is not historically accurate in my history class. Same, I think. (laughs) Like, literally, that didn't happen. (laughs) Um... I took a sociology class in high school with a teacher that actually taught us sociology, and my older sister took a sociology class with the other teacher who taught it, and they just watched, I think she counted, and it was like 17 movies in one semester. Was that person also the football coach? He was a soccer coach. (laughs) Soccer coach, got it. Yeah. (laughs) And he was very chill, and he was very much a hippie, and he had absolutely no short-term memory. So I had him for, I think, an anthropology class. And so we would start a movie one day in class and you know class is like 45 minutes so the next day we were supposed to continue it and he would like put it and be like where did we get to in this class and we were like oh further back and he would just like keep rewinding it we're like no no we're not doing that far we i watched that um freaking what's that movie uh gorillas in the mist about diane fossey that's not her name diane yeah, fossey diane yeah I don't- is that her name gorillas never- in the mist lady talking about jane goodall no 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 the one that was like <laughs> no in, okay i got this she she was like 
fighting to protect gorillas from poachers, and she ended up getting uh, pro- probably murdered. They like they found her dead like on her site, <gasps> and they think that this. some poachers might have murdered her. She was a really interesting person, and I know this because I watched the movie about her yeah, three Diane times. Yeah, Diane Fossey, you're right. It's, it's Diane Fossey. Okay, okay, for some reason I, I wasn't confident about her last name, but um, thank you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, we, he, he'd be like, oh yeah, we're going to watch Gorillas in the Mist, and we're like, oh yeah, we haven't started that one yet. And he's like, <laughs> okay, and he's just like, started over. That's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if I'd try to pull that with this movie, though, because I'm glad that I watched it, and it was very good, but I don't think it's one that I'm just going to like pop on, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, same. So another sort of subplot to this is, like we mentioned, Lincoln's basically trying to use any possible avenue to get this amendment ratified in the House. And he, you know, he has some strong supporters of it, but then he has some other people that, you know, like, obviously it's politics, so they want, like, something in exchange, blah, blah, blah. There is an aspect of it where there are some lame duck, you know, again, at the time, Democrats, but think modern day Republicans, who lost their re-elections. And Lincoln's like, okay, maybe we could get them on our side if I promise them you know, jobs in the government after this next election. However, he can't straight up say, you know, I'm the president, and if you do this for me, I will give you a job. So he has some, like, <laughs> sketchy blokes go around and kind of, like, like they make the offer. They were Bilbo, a mess. I love <laughs> yeah. them. A, a hot mess. They were, like, so trashy and so skeezy and, like, going around and doing this. But at one point... One of them gets shot. (laughs) So the best part about the scene is he's like sitting across from this guy who I can't even remember is like a rival of some sort. And they're like outside at a table at like a bar or something. And the guy like pulls out his gun. (laughs) And since it's like an old timey like musket or whatever, Mr. Bilbo has a chance to just be like, ah, shit. And then he like knocks the gun and then just like runs away. And the guy misses. And then he takes like a full minute to like reload the gun. And the dude's like out of there by then. Which I would like to say for all of the Second Amendment uh, obsessed out there. Like, this is the kind of gun that people were allowed to have. <laughs> One that for is real. like, you had, if, if, if you miss, it takes you a full minute to reload. <laughs> yep. But um, it was just a really funny scene because he didn't even seem scared. He just seemed like very annoyed that this man was trying to <laughs> shoot him. He was just like, ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> Just like gets up and goes away. Every time he was on screen, he stole the show. (laughs) It was amazing. Um, and it was he's played by um, what's his face? Um, James Spader. James Spader, who, uh, I had the office on in the background while I was like cleaning the other day, like reruns of it, obviously because that's the only thing that exists, (laughs) and um. He plays a character in, like, the later seasons who I forgot. Like, I literally can't stand the way he speaks. Like, yes. And he, like, does this, like, smacky things with his lips whenever he talks. And, like, something about the way he plays that character, like, genuinely repulses me to the point where I would, like, skip over all of his scenes. So I was glad to see him in a movie where I enjoyed his presence. (laughs) Okay. Um... Okay, so through all of this maneuvering and shenanigans and all this stuff, and it basically culminates at the point where they're finally to a point where they're going to do the vote. And then a little hiccup in the road comes. Shandra, I feel like I've been talking the whole time. Would you like to explain? I'm just like, I'm not going to even try it with Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Andrea, you're welcome to. Nope, I don't so want to. So I feel like there's some lead up to what happens the morning of the votes. Can I? Oh, please go I ahead. Go back? Yeah. Okay, so I can't tell Absolutely. you. I can't remember what it is, but it's one of the. It's like an old, like a it's like a institutional style family politician guy, but he's in one of the uh, episodes of The West Wing. Um, <laughs> that's how I know him. He's he the actor plays. Um, like an old Eisenhower era Secretary of State who comes back to do spin during oh, the yeah. second um, the second election. He does spin for uh, the <clears throat> debate. Mm-hmm. So that's how I know. Him. Anyways, he talks to Lincoln and convinces Lincoln to let him go down to South Carolina, I believe. To um, talk to the Southern Confederate leaders about getting into the talks for a peace agreement. And so Lincoln lets him go and they bring, in, bring up the Confederate contingent to Virginia. And that's when Lincoln has a conversation with Adam Driver and the other engineer in the Morse code room about whether or not he should bring them to Washington. And this is where politics gets really interesting. Lincoln ends up having them stay outside of Virginia, which, if you aren't aware, Virginia and D.C. are, like, there's a little chunk of D.C. Like, D.C. is, like, a chunk of Virginia and Maryland. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's nestled between the two states. Um, so he, he brings the Confederate con- um, contingent to Virginia to stay and doesn't give them any, like, any warning about when they're going to be coming to Washington or if they're actually going to come and talk peace. So he leaves them there. And then the morning of the election word gets out and Lincoln doesn't tell anyone, including his secretary of state, Mr. Seward doesn't tell him anything about the contingent coming for peace offering, because this peace offering can put a big damper in his plan to get the amendment passed. So the Democrats get confirmation that morning that there is a contingent for peace and that they should postpone the vote while they're settling peace because if they get peace, then the it changes the politics surrounded with getting the amendment passed. Um, so... And he was right, too, because when this plays out, they're like, let's delay it! And he's like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the Democrats are like, we, we don't... Let's delay the vote. Well, we figure out peace. If there's actually peace going on, we don't need to do this vote. And they're like, that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. And then so actually what happens is um, the guy who went to go get them tells the conservative Republican side, so like the more moderates, tells them to uh, say like, hey, yeah, what's what's this about? And then they go and they get confirmation from Lincoln. Lincoln goes, also, <laughs> by the way. Uh-huh. I don't know, like, when they leave, the the fact that they ran from the Capitol building to the White House. <laughs> Tell us how far that is, because you know. It's not a journey, but running there? <laughs> it's, it's not a short journey. Like, I mean. They are very out of breath when they get it's there. A, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a trek. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah. It's doable, but it's it's a trek. It's 
Well, I need you to sprint from one to the other uh, next time you're around there for work and just tell, let us know how it goes. Absolutely not. I <laughs> I would rather get back on the metro. Okay. <laughs> I think the only time I could force myself to sprint is if I was like, this might end slavery. And uh, that then I would just break my body in, in, I would <laughs> in order like, to do that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and under, under any other circumstances, I'd be like, listen, man. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> Mr. Bilbo and a couple other um, guys, they're running to the White House to get an answer from Lincoln about whether or not there is a contingent. And in the most politician way ever, Abraham Lincoln says, to my knowledge, there is no uh, Confederate contingent for like to make peace in Washington State, Washington, which is true because he had them wait out in Virginia. So oh man, that's back. so good. They bring him back. They bring that answer back, and that satisfies the the moderates enough to get the vote going. And that's when they do. Clever girl, <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. That- man, why aren't you summarizing this one, Shandra? You're doing know. such a better job than I am. Shandra, have you ever <laughs> of running for office? Honestly, yes, but I love my job too much. Oh, no, please. Well, don't. you know, if that ever changes, I would vote for you. <laughs> I would vote for you so hard. I actually, You're so organized. I have a problem with politics. I think this is a lot of, like, the good people in politics. Like, you have to do so much wheeling and dealing and compromising that it just... ends up breaking you. Yeah, that's what this <laughs> mm-hmm. movie is. This, a lot of this movie is, is compromising your politics and your beliefs. Especially when you see that with Mr. Stevens. Oh, yeah. You want to explain that? Oh, um... <laughs> so Mr. Stevens is practically I've, I mean it's hard not to like okay so he's like kind of the leader of the Republican contingent of the the radical Republican contingent which is the opposite of what radical Republicans are now so he's one that he is the leader of the let's end slavery now phase and he's like mm-hmm. an old you know, political institution. Um, and he does a lot of work to get slavery abolished. And at one point, his political party asks him when he's giving a speech to say that the amendment, like during one of the arguments, he is asked to say, this amendment is not about racial equality, is about the equality of men, which is a distinction that that the party feels needs to be made to take away the fact that they want to say that this is just an amendment that needs to happen because if you make it about race, you're going to get those white Southerners all up in arms. You know what I mean? As if they aren't already. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. So like in order to to appease the racists, it's exactly what it is in order to appease the racists they are saying it's not to say that african americans are equal it's saying all men are equal and then you can go into what does that actually mean about race but Mm -hmm. in the end he does say that compromise and he gets a little like jeering from the democratic side and then he comes through and says 
what I mean is you guys are, well, I'm going to paraphrase. He's like, you guys are literally, if he's like, you are the scum of the earth, but you should still be treated <laughs> equally to me. Even though you are like literally, nice. what does he call him? Like a lizard or something? <laughs> a lizard? I, don't remember. I can't remember I don't what he remember. says. But he like calls him a monster and says, you guys are like literally evil, but you still deserve to be treated equally to me and everyone else in this country. And that kind mm-hmm. of, you know, says that point without making it about race. So overall, it's a win. But the other people, like to Stevens and himself, it's, you know, kind of compromising a little on the goals. And then at the yeah. end, after the amendment is, spoiler alert, passed, he goes <laughs> home and he brings the original thing. He goes home and you find out that he is in a relationship uh, with a black woman who is posing as his housekeeper. And that is yes, why he is that, such... He's such... he. That's why he is so for the amendment. Yeah, I mean, that's that genuinely surprised me. I was like, oh my god. I mean, like, and I know that that's something that historically happened, but I didn't know that that was a thing with that particular person in history. And yeah, and like, a lot of the compromise that you were describing, I, wasn't it, like, they were like, well... We have to say that only on a legal basis are um, black people equal to white people. Because if we say that, like, morally and philosophically they're equal to us, well, then that's a slippery slope. What are we going to do? Start treating them like human beings? Like, <laughs> ew, gross. Exactly. Um, yeah. Their words, not mine, obviously. <laughs> but, um, and so that, yeah, that compromise he makes is, even though he believes, rightly, <laughs> that black people are equal to white people um he has to in order to get this progress through say no i just mean legally mm-hmm. and then more people are okay with it it's yeah unfortunately taylor is old as time as far as like compromising certain things to get certain things through i mean yeah but it's the, it's the uh, gross side of politics it's always like- happened yeah like with, with gay marriage i remember there be- being <sighs> like like um People saying, well, it'd be good for the economy. And it's like, yeah, but like, yeah. why are we even going there? <laughs> People right. should be able to love who they love. Right. Who yeah. cares yeah. about this economy thing? Let's lift it up a little bit with the fact that when the amendment passed, the scene in the room when they found out it passed very much gave me Apollo 13 vibes. <laughs> I cried a little. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really, yeah. It was, it was cool. It was exciting. Um, but, uh, you know, so they have this victory, uh, this, uh, very good progress for, you know, humanity. Um, and we, <laughs> I feel like I'm very, being like very like luxury this episode. I apologize. <laughs> but, uh, then, you know, he's like chatting with his, uh, colleagues about the future of, um, possibly, you know, like, uh, restoration and stuff like that. Uh, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to be late to the theater. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> what do you guys think about? Uh, I'll I'll describe kind of how they do this. And I'm really curious to think of how you feel about how they handled this. At this point, when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh, I, like, I kind of assumed we were going to see him get shot. And I was very curious about, like, yeah. what that would, how that would play out. Um. And then, you know, again, for those of you who need a refresher or don't know, uh, Abraham Lincoln was uh, murdered when he was at a play with his wife. He was shot in the head and uh, died shortly thereafter by 
what, John Wilkes Booth? Yeah. I thought we were going to, like, see that, and then I was like, how much of the aftermath of that are we going to see? Like, you know, whatever. Lincoln goes on one of his little inspirational tangents. He walks out to the carriage to go to the theater, and then they show his young son at the theater watching a play, and I was like, oh my god, was his son with him? And then... They show somebody run out onto the stage and say, stop everything. The president's been shot. And then they show his little boy crying. And I was just like, oh, I no. Like, I mean, by that for so long. For I just, like, I got goosebumps. I mean, I, you know, it's weird because especially, you know, obviously like with historical figures and, you know, these stories like you mentioned earlier that have been like very romanticized where you're like, Lincoln, you know, did this good stuff for the country and then he was assassinated for it and like you learn that literally from when you're a child um and so it kind of divorces you from thinking about like oh my god like yeah he was a little kid's dad and he he was like a he was a person a real person that like existed and felt things and people felt things about him and like all this stuff and i just like yeah i felt like that scene was pretty successful more so than seeing, like, the shock and gore of seeing him get killed is to see, like, his son's reaction to it. And I was just like, oh, my God. I'm um, glad we didn't see it, though. Yeah, I agree. Been. I feel like it was just, like, you said, the emotions were more poignant there, like you were saying. And also, I think it's respectful of when you're making a movie yeah. about a real person. Like, it can get really unethical really fast. Um, so, like, I think that that's respectful. Now... That being said, we saw a lot of other dead bodies in this movie. <laughs> so. That's true, but it was a war movie, so. Yeah, yeah. And, but like, you know, like, I think about recent movies, especially like, they're they're doing a lot of like movies based off true crime lately. And like, a lot of the, the families of victims are like, can you not? And then like, you know, there's even celebrities. Like, I know that like Pamela Anderson was like, they made a TV series about her life and she was like, please don't. And they did it. And it's just like. And he's not here to give a lot of consent, and he was a public figure, right? But I just feel like showing him getting shot in the head is a lot, <laughs> right? And I, I, I think it was better this way. Yeah, damn. With that Pamela Anderson thing, I naively thought that she was like part of the project. Yeah, and she definitely was not. But I think she's making her own now, so good she for is. her. Yeah. Um. But also, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. I have a fun fact. Um, well, so I serendipitously, because as Chandra said, we've been talking about doing this episode forever. But this week uh, in my ASL class, the instructor mentioned that Abraham Lincoln, there's like a legend. It's uh, I went on the Park Service website and they're like, nah, we don't know if this is true. But uh, if you look at the statue of or the monument of Abraham Lincoln, in DC and the way his hands are resting on the uh, armrests of the chair that he's sitting on, his hands are doing the ASL signs for his initials in A and an L. Oh. Um, and uh, again, uh, uh, the I think the official stance is that it's a coincidence, but it's interesting because the sculptor um, also did a sculpture at Gallaudet University, which is the deaf, deaf school in D.C. A deaf school, which then I learned that apparently Abraham Lincoln signed the charter for. Oh, interesting. So he, yeah, which was like a big step in um, basically recognizing like ASL and deaf education on the level that it should be, like recognized with any other university. And so like he's got, go you know, Abraham like a... On that yeah, it, yeah, so apparently he was like, you know, pretty supportive of uh, 
uh, deaf folks in education, which is pretty cool. And now I choose to personally believe that, yes, his hands are making an A and an L. <laughs> That's my favorite monument here in D.C. is the Lincoln Monument. Mostly because huh. out of all of the presidential monuments, that one feels the most easy to Earned. take. Yes. Uh, but the problem is, is it's you have to really walk to get to see it. There's not a convenient <laughs> metro one. Like and then it, you get there and he's mocking you by sitting in a big old chair. <laughs> up, a, up a flight of steps, too. Like Unbelievable. You have to work to see him. <laughs> the audacity, sir. Okay. So I have one comment left uh, on Lincoln, and it's that, so the music in it is very pretty. I, it made me think of something that Andrea would listen to on yep, her study playlist. Guess what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Score. I know you so well. Yep. Well, and in, in, for those who haven't seen the movie, think like Ken Burns documentary vibe, like a lonesome fiddle or other like deep stringed instrument just kind of swelling in the background. And you could like imagine like a narrator's voice doing a reenactment of a Civil War letter where it's like, Dear Ma, we've been out here for several days and I'm already wishing I could come home. And then there's like a fiddle that's like... That's exactly the same vibe. Oh my gosh, you nailed it. Thank you so much. Um, But my question for you is, do you think that this is just a style that has been put upon this era in our culture or do you think that contemporary people just like jammed to this kind of stuff i mean i feel like I the know, fiddle jammed is, is the word hair fairly popular at this time okay i'll allow it i just it's all just so somber what's, what's that famous song that was written during the civil war cotton eye joe no i don't know <laughs> no, it's, dixie it has like an o in it Oh, Canada. Oh, no. Christmas tree. No. Oh, Tom and Bob. Oh, this is the same one. Dang. It was it. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Isn't that? Was that Civil War? I feel like that. Our truth is marching on. Oh, mine eyes have seen the glory yeah, of the coming of the Lord. Lord. Is yeah. that? This, but there must be different words for the Civil War barge version of it. That's Tom's. just like a church song. Like, I mean... Well, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. during the Civil War. Battle Cry of Freedom. May God, may God Save the Union. John Brown's Body. The Battle oh, Hymn of the Republic. Yeah, yeah that's yes! yes! Oh my god. Wait, but oh, what are the Dixie. lyrics? What are the lyrics? And Dixie. My eyes well, have seen the glory of the coming of the, coming of the, of the Lord. <laughs> okay, here's the problem. I think that, uh, you know, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I don't want to have the tune to Dixie stuck in my head because it's, um you know, an anthem of a horrible, horrible cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I it gets stuck in my head a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but nonetheless. <laughs> Growing up in Missouri... I don't know. It was just around, and you would just hear like, like I think I had like a children's like toy that like if you pushed a button, it would play that tune. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I'll just start anytime Dixie gets stuck in my head. I'll just start humming the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Yeah, good call. Which is also, I mean, there's better songs, but yeah, yeah. But if we're talking like top forty hits of the Civil War, like you know that one <laughs> stayed that's, that's stayed on there. One. That's number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah. 
They've got like a shock jock station where they're like, Good morning, Virginia. <laughs> Today, <laughs> we're doing our top 10 countdown hits. Lots of somber fiddle, and now we get to number one the Battle Hem. Nope, yep, the Battle Hem of the Republic. Sarah, is that right up there with O Come All You Faithful? <laughs> Stop! That's the other O song we should have talked about. Oh, God. Date Night? <laughs> you mean your Sexy Times? Your Sexy Times playlist opens with the Battle of the Republic. <laughs> Wait, so you're like, no, no, no. The closing the, song? The snare... <laughs> you're, like, you're like, the snare drum rhythm really helps me. <laughs> Do we have anything else for Lincoln? <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so closing thoughts on Lincoln. Uh, anyone? Anyone closing thoughts on Lincoln? Probably the best president we've had. <laughs> no, well. I mean, I think that Lincoln was the president that we needed at the time. You know, yes. the, yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that the movie did a pretty nice job of not making it complete hero worshipping right like it was just it showed like yeah it showed his flaws but overall like cast him in like a really positive light like a very competent politician and complicated motivations and all this stuff and it was a very pretty movie and i think uh i think it was yeah i think it did a good job doing what it was doing <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's a vampire slayer, not a vampire hunter. <laughs> I, I'm still calling it that in my head, by the way. Like, even though, like, the title says hunter, and I've looked at it multiple times since, I'm like, slayer. <laughs> yeah. Slay. Because of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, to be fair, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is a mouthful. Yes. For real. Yes, it is. For real. And that's what we're discussing now. Yeah, so the short summary of this movie is it's basically like um, looking at Lincoln's life from childhood to like the beginning of his presidency and into it a little bit, except there are vampires and he kills them and hunts them. It's, can I say? Yeah, that's it. I had such a great time watching this movie. I've been looking forward about (laughs) to, to, to talking about it for like a couple weeks at this point. Yeah. And as I sat down and booted up my computer and was like, oh boy, here we go. I was like, I do not remember a single <laughs> solid scene from this movie. I don't know. My first note is very upsetting opening scene. Shit, if I know what that scene was, I have no idea. Okay, I have a similar experience because I had to watch it in chunks. Oh. Right? And like, I was very interested. And that's my experience with this movie. I think for all of us, this was our first time watching it. Mm. Um, so I'm watching it in chunks, and like I was captivated, and then I'd come back and I'd be like, "Where, where even are we? <laughs> like, what?" I mean, I'm I, like, if I hadn't had to pay to rent it, I would have just rewatched it this evening because I was like, I don't, I don't. Re- we'll we'll go through the summary. I'm sure things will come back to me. Um, I will say, I kind of mentioned in the first part, I have been putting this uh, this episode off. For so long. I was not into it. And Sarah's like, let's watch this. And I'm like, absolutely not. This sounds horrible. This sounds like a terrible idea. 
I feel like every day Chandra wakes up to the nightmare that is her agreeing to the entire premise of this podcast. <laughs> so, some days are better than others. <laughs> but I was like, this is going to suck so bad. So we like we all made a pact. We all made a pact to watch it together. And then, and then we didn't. The life, life just kept <laughs> happening and it just kept throwing curveballs at all of us. So the and first like, time Sarah and I were just like, we'll just watch Lord of the Rings instead. <laughs> Because I oh, fell yeah. asleep. Well, that was delightful. <laughs> and then the second Shout time. Shout out to Andrea, who, like, I was like, um, well, I started watching Return of the King this weekend, and I paused it right before Pippin's song, and you're like, great, got it queued up, let's do this. <laughs> and I was like, true friendship. Let's go. Because we were like, oh, it'd be great. Like, Shander is not looking forward to it, so we should watch it all together, so we'll just watch something else mm. tonight. And then yeah. I had a conflict, and they're like, should we wait for you? And I'm like, we shouldn't. You guys just watch it. <laughs> And it was the right call. Meanwhile, Sarah's got oceans of free time to a pathetic degree. So I'm like, when are you guys free? Let's do it right now. <laughs> and th- what's really kicking at us in the butt is the two-hour difference. The time difference is really killing us. Oh, it's really ruining That's it. true. Because, like, what, what the issue is I have a baby who needs me most of the time <laughs> for food. And, and she's also, like, don't tell Jared this, but she's, she likes me more. Um, <laughs> she's very needy. And... Uh, so, like, she goes to bed at, like, 7.30, my time at the latest. Well, usually, right? That's when she wants to go to bed. Sometimes mm-hmm. we can get her a little earlier. Same. And then Shandra has lost her night owl mm-hmm. abilities. So, like, we have be a very small window. <laughs> yeah. 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 I yeah. didn't realize uh, how much Shandra's nocturnalism really yeah. pulled this pod through the first couple of years. It yeah. really did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And also, I appreciate your baby being in the picture because now I'm not the neediest person in your life. <laughs> <laughs> the neediest person before that was Hero. So that's fair. Oh, hero. My little boy. Can I just say, so um, as we often do now, listener, as we may have mentioned, we're recording this half of the podcast on a different day. And I've been reflecting on my summary of Lincoln that we just discussed. And I'm worried that I sounded like a real grumpy Debbie Downer about it. It was a beautiful movie. And Lincoln was a kick-ass president. Uh, you know, the crop isn't great, but he's definitely part of the cream. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the competition is like, hot. <laughs> as we, did I ever tell you guys the story about my aunt uh, when she was in college? She was in a math class and everybody was really struggling. And uh, her and like some of her classmates managed to pass a test or something. And the professor was like, don't... <laughs> Sorry. It was like, don't be proud of yourselves. You're the cream of a very bad crop. <laughs> that idiom split that way right it's not because it's just it was just used creatively to destroy uh, children's self-esteem um i think it's important to bring up because as much fun as this fictional movie was too that we're about to watch i think it is a little bit white savory oh i'm sorry are you saying that this is not a true story (laughs) unfortunately this is not what actually happened but even in this fictionalized world it's still very white savory yeah yeah I think yeah. that's, that's well. A very let's good get point. into it. <laughs> so this movie starts in 1818, where Abraham Lincoln is living in Indiana with his parents, Nancy and Thomas. Represent, yeah. <laughs> good old Indiana. Um, the only thing I miss about Indiana is my friend Rachel. <laughs> Sandra doesn't live there anymore. Um, well, and they had we some green areas. Created beautiful memories together in the state of Indiana, and that's that's the most important thing that ever came out of that state. Sorry, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. I'm there. No, you're not. You're not there. 
Well, I'm from there. I came from there. Oh, well, yeah, I'll always be grateful that, okay. it, that you came from that state. Yeah. Just like, that's the only thing I'll ever credit Missouri for is that, that Sarah came. And the only thing you should be grateful to Utah for is the national parks in me. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Here's what I care about Indiana for. Number one, Chandra. Number two, Abraham Lincoln. Number three, the word Hoosiers, not for its intended purpose, but for the hilarious etymologically fascinating reason that if you're from St. Louis, you use Hoosier to call somebody like low down trash. Uh, <laughs> and if you go outside of St. Louis, especially to Indiana and you use it derogatorily, they're like, yeah, go Hoosiers. And we're like, yeah, f- Hoosiers. So also uh, that's where guys- it becomes, that's where it becomes like, go Hoosiers and you go Purdue Boilermakers. <laughs> Boiler up. <laughs> Right. Well, apparently the reason, and I didn't learn this until uh, I was an adult and not living in St. Louis anymore and didn't realize that Hoosiers wasn't a worldwide insult. Um, (laughs) So I researched it. And apparently the reason for it is that there was a massive, I want to say steel industry, but I don't really remember anymore, a massive industry-wide strike in St. Louis. And it was very successful. And they were like just about to break the like the union was about to be successful and so they brought in a bunch of effing scabs from indiana (laughs) and indiana people were you know called themselves hoosiers so then it became to be like oh you're low down trash you're a scab you're a hoosier um and that uh that insult just stuck in the st louis area so funny amazing the fact we don't know where the word hoosier comes from (gasps) in indiana what if it was abraham lincoln (laughs) no it's so the only thing I remember is one of the theories was that there was a bar fight and someone was like, whose ear is this? <laughs> How does no one know? <laughs> I don't know. It got lost. It got lost in the history. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. That's so interesting. Okay. Wow. Okay, anyway. Love that. Love that. <laughs> so we made it. We made it one sentence in. Okay. We're doing <laughs> literally so well. like one second into the film. So Nancy and Thomas are his parents, and uh, Thomas works at a plantation owned by Jack Bartz, and there Lincoln befriends a young African-American boy. His name's William Johnson, um, and he's the boy that he sees being beat by a slaver. It's really rough. And he intervenes, and then his dad is fired. And uh, that night, Lincoln sees the guy, the plantation owner, break into his house and attack his mom, and then his mom falls ill and dies. (laughs) And Thomas oh, says God. it was poison. <laughs> I thousand percent that this for, I forgot that this was the catalyst of the whole story. I don't. I am worried about my brain. <laughs> what what like, little thing vampire show? To- Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um. So so I say my next note is vampire dragged through the fakest CGI roof I've ever seen. Um. <laughs> I will admit the CGI was a That's little. That's not rough. yet. That's not yet. Oh, yes, not. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. There were parts of it where, like, there were some, like, really fun stunts and, like, really fun fight scenes to watch. But, yeah, it was also, you know, like, a middling budget action movie. Yeah. What are you giggling about I, over there? I cannot wait to talk about the horses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, what are you? Oh. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, my God. Come on. Okay. Here we go. Go on. Bring go up on. the horses whenever you want. So. Uh, nine no, years please. later, Lincoln decides he's going to get his revenge against this guy, um, and he goes to kill him, but, like, he's overpowered and finds out he's a vampire. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, before he can kill him, Lincoln is rescued by a man named Henry, who he had met earlier. Um, and he explains that vampires exist, and he's like, I'll teach you how to be a hunter, and Lincoln's like, let's go, and they train for a decade. Um, can we talk about the fact that, like, 
no questions asked. <laughs> no, no, like, no, I think no we've talked asked. about this this phenomenon in 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 storytelling, <laughs> especially in movies before, where it's like at a certain point your protagonist has to buy into the premise of your world. Otherwise, nothing. Like if <laughs> if I don't know, like if Buffy had never accepted the fact that vampires existed, like literally none of the story could happen, right? So fine. Sure. We don't have to make it a whole drawn out thing. But the guy's like, there's vampires in the world. And Abraham Lincoln's like, word. Like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, I, well, to be fair, well, I mean, to he be just fair, encountered he just got one. his ass beaten. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But like, do you think your brain would do the, the sometimes stupid things that brains do? Where it's just like, it was a trick of the light. It must have been. Um, so he was rabid or I something. I probably like, would have had a panic attack. That's so, fair. He but, does handle it. Listen, he is great in the face of con- uh, of conflict, as we learned in the former film. <laughs> so. I <laughs> I liked the scene. Okay, first of all, I just like the introduction of this character, Howard Stark. It plays the same guy that plays Howard. Stark. Not Game of Thrones. It's Howard Stark. <laughs> no, not, not Eddard. Howard. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, Howard Stark. Um, and he's just a fun character. I think. But I like the scene where he's like trying to like he's like okay well I decided to train you you're gonna help me out with this he goes how are you and like he's like what what gun do you want and he's like I'm actually better with an axe uh, <laughs> and yes. then we get like an axe training montage and it is uh, yeah. so great. Um, I have a typo in my notes where it says it's supposed to say amazing axe twirling montage, but it says um, amazing ace twirling montage. <laughs> uh, and I'm glad that you brought. I'd this like up to see you try. Really trying to figure out what <laughs> I was talking about. My next, and I also say Bollywood tree chop. So I guess, listener, if you go and watch this film, which I highly recommend, go, try to figure out what I meant by Bollywood tree chop, and 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 tweet at us or email us to let me know. I would greatly appreciate it. He so Henry is talking to Lincoln, and he's like, "All vampires in America descend from Adam," which is what a great name for We're him. The vamps in America, who is Rufus Sewell? Who man can he play a villain? He's a vampire who owns a plantation in New Orleans with his sister, uh, Vadoma. Is that saying? Am I saying it right? Ooh, I, I don't, don't know. know. I was just I rooting forgot. against him because he he did my girl Kate Winslet wrong in oh, the yeah. holiday. Yeah, so. and you know. <laughs> oh yeah, you did keep yelling about Kate Winslet. And he did our guy Heath show. Ledger wrong in the Knight's Tale, so he's always going to be. That's that's what right. I recognize him is from. The guy from the Knights. Yeah, Tale. I recognize the actor's name, and I was like, yes, I do associate that with a villain. But my brain, I was trying to think of like what from though Knight's Tale. Nice. Henry's like, okay, Lincoln of the vampire's weaknesses, silver is the worst. So he gives him a silver pocket watch. Chekhov's gun. <laughs> Chekhov's pocket watch. Um, also, as far as small things that sort of come up later, when we first meet his buddy, what's his name? Howard Stark? Yeah. Um, he's like putting on sunscreen. (laughs) So I'm like, dude's obviously a vampire. Uh, (laughs) I did not catch that. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he's like, this is the skin damage of a killer, Bella. (laughs) And he's I love that you didn't catch that, Chandra, because, like, I'm like, why else would they be putting sunscreen on? Yeah, like, and it, like, zooms up on the sunscreen bulb. I can see that. Watching a movie with Sarah distracted me with the history of sunscreen. Okay, which, by the way, uh, apparently sunscreen was invented in 1938, which is, I don't know if you're keeping track, significantly after Abraham Lincoln had died. Um, So, I mean, I guess the vampires were, like, maybe, like, invented it, but weren't sharing it with humankind, which seems a little rude. Uh, I'm starting to think, you know, maybe they're kind of stretching it a bit with this 
this movie, but it could have still happened. <laughs> I'm just saying, like I said about the first film, it's a little bit irresponsible to uh, take a biopic and add in things that maybe aren't factually true. And I'm just saying, we don't know for sure if that's what they're doing here. Fine, sunscreen uh, anachronism, unacceptable. <laughs> here's here's my theory about this. The human, the no one knew that humans needed sunscreen. They just thought the vampires needed it oh. because the humans at this time, their medicine was, hey, literally, like let's just chop off this person's leg. Yeah, it's like, leg. hey, you, what you, could go wrong? What you, what you've got demons in your blood? You should do cocaine about it. Right. <laughs> I mean, where's the lie though? You know what I mean? <laughs> Can you prove that cocaine doesn't get demons out of your blood? That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So. While he's in Springfield, Lincoln befriends a shopkeeper named Joshua Speed, and that's where he meets Mary Todd the first time. Um, and even though Henry warned him not to get form any close relationships, he develops romantic feelings for Mary, played by Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, which who can blame him? Fair. Fair. Oh, I wanted to talk about Speed. Oh, yeah, talk about him. The drug? Oh, uh, great. I d- <laughs> so, Mr. Speed, the important part is, is that Mr. Speed is very smarmy and i sarah and i 100 percent thought every single turn that he was going to betray <laughs> oh yes oh oh let's plant that seed now percent planting yeah. that seed now he's also the really shifty guy in psych um he's also a really shifty guy in um friggin <laughs> i'm pretty sure he's he the creepy brother face. in it's always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> no so no no he's not didn't trust no him. he's not yeah is he He's part of the creepy family that, like, makes out with each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And they drink way too much milk. It's horrifying. Uh, <laughs> but yes, because he's, like, uh, he clearly admires Lincoln, but he gets kind of jealous of his friendship with um, the other guy. And you kind of, like, Will. they kind of plant the seeds to make you think, oh, he's going to let his jealousy overcome him and he's going to betray him. And, like, we'll get to the point where, you know, later where you're like, oh, it's happening. And then, yeah. Yep. I was surprised. But speaking of people's appearances, I guess, because we said he looks sketchy, um, I thought l- for a second, I was like, Lincoln looks like Liam Neeson if he was kind of a goober. And then my next <laughs> note in all caps is, oh my god, it's Googling! <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying the man is ugly. I'm just saying there's a certain aesthetic. No, he's a very attractive that, man. That goes with, with elves, and he doesn't have it. He has it for Abe. I think he's a great... Abe. He could have also been a better looking elf if they had given him a wig that fit. Like, oh I'm gosh, sorry. I that A lot and, of that production of that show was beautiful, but some of it looked like a high school stage and, and the high school wigs that you got out of a box. Now, who is doing the lighting? That's the whole point with elves. You have to always have them soft lit. I We're talking, by the way, of the Rings of Power series uh, that came out this year. Last year, I guess. Yes, lots of up and, ups and downs with that show. Overall, very much enjoyed it, but I could not with that man's wig and i his wig in this movie beautiful curly hair he looks great as a blanket yeah. which is why it took me a while to make the connection but um also speaking yeah speaking of makeup though like the when they aged abe lincoln and mary todd lincoln oh i was just gonna say that job. they did a great yeah. job they really did the, like the fine lines along mary's like yeah. eyes so good yeah. yeah they did a great job I just, just to throw back to when we were talking, so you know how we mentioned Chandra and I watched this movie together and poor Andrea was abandoned to do it alone, but without explanation, I texted her a gif of Gilgalad, who's the <laughs> character that Abraham like, Lincoln plays in The Rings of Power, and you're like, what does this have to do with anything? And I was like, oh, you'll see, baby girl. 
Don't you worry about it. I call him Keith in the Middle Earth Rock Band because he looks like a guy who had a named Keith who would have a rock band in his garage. Um, and I was like, what's he got to do with this? Anyway. <laughs> what's so, got to okay, do? Mary. Got to do with it. Lincoln successfully finds Bartz. And before dying, Bartz reveals that Sturgis, Henry, uh, is also a vampire. And Lincoln's like, what's going on? Um, and he reveals that sev- several years ago, he was attacked and bitten by Adam. Um, but because his soul is impure um, and he became a vampire, that prevented him from harming the other vampires since, quote, only the living can kill the dead. So he has been training vampire hunters, hoping to destroy Adam. Oh, first of all, Shander did not see it coming. You completely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just I, because she missed the I am blissfully ignorant. I don't like to I don't like to guess what's going to happen in movies. So oh, I don't I usually put that much myself. effort into it. I don't um, do it on purpose, but my brain is like, oh, I think this is where the story is part going, of our English is, major yeah. training, yeah. yeah it's, it's I, it makes us insufferable to watch <laughs> movies with. <laughs> Andrea completely skimmed over the fact that she kill, he kills the guy that killed his mom in no. an epic fight I said, scene. No, I said he did. I didn't say it was an epic fight scene, but I said he did. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm yeah. saying. I'm saying it was an epic fight scene. I'm on Team Shandra here. <laughs> okay, okay. Please describe it in detail. Wax poetic, everyone. Okay. 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 First of all, <laughs> this is this is my my part of what things I can't turn off in movies. It seems as though Lincoln goes back to Indiana to where he grew up because it's that same <laughs> port scene. Um, <clears throat> it's that same port scene, mm-hmm. and then he's like following and fighting against what's his name? Um, Bart. Adam. Oh, my bad. Borks. Oh, Barts. Okay. I was thinking Borks. Borks. Bork, 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 He's fighting the Swedish chef. He's fighting the Swedish chef. also a vampire. He's like, Ferdigree, mix up the blood. Verterferk. We don't have to bleep that one. Oh, man. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Okay. Time out. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I just want to say... Guys, I mean, ladies and gentlemen and and non-gender conforming folks. Okay, so you know how we played Bad Christmas Movie? You know how playing Bad Christmas Movie Bingo has become a tradition for the spinsters? We played this year, and I won, and the best prize ever was given to me by these two women. (laughs) It is a beautiful, beautiful painting of... A scene from Lord of the Rings, but all of the characters are Muppets. And I, I'm not kidding. I got it in the mail. I opened it up. I teared up a little bit because I was like, you know how it feels to have friends that just know you so well. <laughs> and also just the intersection of two things that I love so much. <laughs> the Muppets and the Lord of the Rings. And I was just like, oh my like I, I, I just felt like it was created specifically to bring me joy, and it did. And I, I would like to publicly thank you too. I did not even hesitate. I was like, Chandra. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Andrea bought it before I even saw it. Like I, I was like, I truly, I'm not kidding. Literally gasped when I opened it. Like you know how, like in movies, sometimes you know someone will like just gasp dramatically. Like I was, I opened it and I just, I, oh. I'm okay. so glad. Sorry, the Swedish chef reminded me that you guys are wonderful friends, and I'm a bad friend for interrupting Chandra like five <laughs> times, so please continue. <laughs> and all right. Anyways, so like I was saying, I have I get stuck on the minor details of movies, especially when it comes to the geography and the, 
ecology of Indiana. <laughs> um, there is no way <laughs> that there was a horde of racing horses <laughs> in Indiana. So I don't understand where this scene came from. But anyways, the scene is just a stampede of horses, like a hundred horses out in the prairie, which Indiana was not that much of a prairie at that time. Okay. <laughs> much more forested. Yes. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, they're fighting. He's fighting against Bork. Bork, 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 yes. <laughs> That's He's his name now. Swedish He's chef. fighting against Swedish chef. He's fighting against his nemesis. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, they're like fighting between the horses. And then the vampire starts jumping from horse to horse on his back. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's the fakest looking it's shit so you've fake. ever it's seen. Like and I was so pleased. <laughs> it was like... I okay. Also, at this point, I couldn't help myself because you guys know about my you know singing compulsion. So I started singing yeah. "Wild Horses" to Chandra serenading Wild her during horses. the scene. Sorry, which I then remembered has a has a line that says, "I'm pretty sure." Oh, sorry if I have the words to the song wrong. I'm pretty sure it has a line that says, "Let's do some living after we've died," which seems very on par for a vampire <laughs> movie. <laughs> mm-hmm, sure does. And also, uh, very important to note that during this amazing fight scene where they're leaping between horses and trying, obviously, to, like, kill each other, what does Abraham Lincoln have on him that could save him in this perilous situation? Oh, that's right. A mother axe gun. He pulls out his axe and transformers robots and disguises it into a gun and he shoots this kid. That's just so good. I just... It's so... <laughs> it was oh, it was amazing. god bless lincoln is really disappointed after he finds out about henry and he's like i'm gonna abandon my mission but he learns that adams found out about his activities and he's kidnapped his friend from childhood will johnson also known as the falcon also known as the falcon um anthony <laughs> mackie to lure Lincoln into a trap at his plantation. And Adam captures Lincoln and tries to recruit him, revealing his plans to turn the United States into a nation of the undead. Um, but Speed comes and rescues his friends, and they escape to Ohio. Oh, hi. Which, oh. So speaking of Ohio, um, I have <laughs> experienced a lot of traumatizing billboards living in the Midwest. Mm. But I'm going to tell you right <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now that Ohio is the worst. I, um, I don't know if you real, been baby. to Southern Missouri because you get the beautiful one-two punch of a porn store off oh, highway adult entertainment store with a larger billboard behind it that says Jesus is watching you. Okay, listen, that's my favorite part is the juxtaposition. The fact that that's always how it is. It's always a sex shop next to... Mm-hmm. Now this is my so shout out I, to the Lions Den in Springfield, Missouri, which I drove by many times listen, on my way back Lions to school. Den, Lions Den is is everywhere in the midwest <laughs> right don't act like that. it's it only really in Mar- missouri i listen that's right <laughs> well <laughs> you heard it here first folks andrea getting very defensive Lionsden. The sex store franchise <laughs> and Lionsden. let me tell you something about Lionsden. <laughs> please do i think their business model is to find all of these christian billboards and make sure that they are next to all of them because it's their thing. What, it's, it, that's a chicken egg question. What comes first? The <laughs> who, started, who started this war? Yeah, someone's but, driving down the highway. They see a porn store sign. They see a Jesus is watching you sign. And they're like, joke's on you. That's my thing. And it turns on the <laughs> So, 
<laughs> anyway, Ohio, I'm in Ohio for one second, and it says, if you get divorced, you are going to hell. <laughs> I mean, if a billboard Damn, said so, Ohio? you can't dispute it. And then, of course, all the classic, you know, like, abortion is murder. Um, mm-hmm. You are, uh, if you don't believe in Jesus, you will burn in hell forever. Sure, sure. You know, classic. like... Hell is Hell real. Is real. Um, like just the in my personal Indiana. favorite. <laughs> Hell just, is Northern you know, Indiana. I appreciate this. Whoever does this oh, for sure. their subtlety, because all it is, and this is in every state as well. It's just right up there with Lions Den. It's just the white billboard with the single mm. all caps word that just says Jesus. Oh, interesting. In my memory, <laughs> yes. it's usually a green billboard that just says Jesus. Yep. I am genuinely curious. I wish there was a way to know if we could like. And like, if you could find out a way, how many people have seen a billboard that says Jesus and been like, you know what, you know what, billboard in Northern Indiana? You're right. You're right. Jesus. Because there, it can't be non-zero. Like, there must have been somebody who's been having like the worst day of their life and driven by that and been like, hmm, maybe, why not? You know, whatever. I just don't think it's as many people as might warrant spending that much money on a billboard instead of like, I don't know, feeding the homeless. But sure. <laughs> You know, what was the thing recently? Oh, yeah, the, the, the pro-life people that did ads in the Super Bowl. It's like, what if I mean, what if you had spent that money feeding the poor, you Christians? But no. Nope. Yeah, that would be too Christian, I think. Yeah. Too, you know, too classic Christian. I'm too, too canon Jesus. Yeah. How are we talking about Ohio? I don't remember what they escaped said. to Ohio. And when I hear the phrase escape to Are Ohio, um, when they escape from Adam... It, I was for lovers. I'm like, you know what? Ohio no, is not a good place to escape to, and Virginia is for lovers. Yes. Would you like to say anything else about that upsetting scene? Shandra, yeah, Shandra said um, this is one of the most upsetting scenes. And then we talked about billboards for five minutes. So. Yes. So they're at this plantation, and they're walking, and they're going past all of the uh, slave quarters, I think. And they're like, where are all the slaves? And then you see this brief scene of a woman who's kind of watching them. Uh-huh. And then forget about her for a minute, because they're going to have this big confrontation with Adam. And they find, I don't know if it's all the slaves, but some of the slaves are in the party, in this kind of like this farce of like a antebellum party and one of the white men uh asks one of the black women to dance and she's like i don't know how to dance he's like oh we'll do it and then like right as abe lincoln walks in they like start feeding on all the slaves and it's horrifying yeah because they're vampires yeah 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 they all vamp out at the same time and and start they're like dinner is served which is like corny as hell but then that part is like legitimately freaky did it remind you at all of that scene in van helsing though the ball scene, scene where you don't see anybody else in the mirror? No, it didn't remind me of that. I don't remember anything except for the offspring. And I'm so Hulk sorry that that's what stuck with you. I remember <laughs> the outfits. <laughs> I feel like Chandra, you're the one who pointed out when we were watching that there's like that scene in Van Helsing where, um, not Kate Blanchett, that would have been quite a uh, casting. I would have approved of that. But Kate Beckinsale's character is dancing with Van Helsing and they're like at a bar, a ball with like oh! a bunch of other people dancing. And then he turns and dips her in the mirror, and you can't see him in the reflection, which I always noticed. But Shandra pointed yeah. out that you can't see anybody else in the room in that reflection. And then it's like just a brief moment, and then you're like, oh no. And then they all like vamp out. No, it was, it was um, that doesn't Dracula sound like something I would remember. With, <laughs> yes, did I say Van Helsing? My bad, my bad. Listen. Also named Abraham, by the way. I wondered if they were going to do like an Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Van Helsing thing. You know what? It, oh, maybe. Van Helsing's name is Abraham? Yes. Yep. 
Um, except for his his name is Abraham in the book, but in the movie it's like Henry. It's Gabriel. 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 Um, I obviously like Donovan all over again. Okay, okay, listen. You know what it reminds me more of? It makes me think of your guys's favorite, uh, you know, binge watch Twilight when (laughs) Volturi are like, bring these people in for a tour, and oh yeah, yeah, they all get eaten, messed up. And also, how dare you? So, Lincoln ends up marrying Mary, and his political career begins as we know it. Um, but Henry comes to him, and he's like, just so you know, the slave trade is what keeps vampires under control, because they are using um, slaves for food. And if Lincoln intervenes, the vampires are going to retaliate. And when he's elected to president of the United States, he moves in the White House with Mary. They have a son named William. He signs the Emancipation Proclamation, and William is later bitten by uh, Adam's sister and dies. <gasps> Wait, I'm sorry. Falcon character name in this movie is William? Yes. Did he name his son after his bestie? <gasps> OMG. Aww. I mean, I know it's a super common so name, cute. but I like to think that that's what he did. No, it had to be what happened. 100% that's yeah. what he did. Nice. So that's a lot. Cute. But right also, uh oh, he doesn't live very long. You know, I tried to so I don't think I mentioned this uh, when we were talking about our experiences with the movie, but it's probably like at least a year ago. Uh, I got a random text from Emily that said, I'm watching Abraham, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter and it's making me cry. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating. Because, oh, I also forgot to say, so I think one of the reasons that I liked this movie way more than I expected is I was picturing it as like a very like self-serious which might, it sounds silly in retrospect because of the premise, but for some reason I thought it was going to be like a horror movie that took itself too seriously, mm-hmm. when in actuality it absolutely knows what it's doing. Like, oh my god, guys, if you just Google or like look up that uh, horse fight scene, it's just incredible. <laughs> I was talking to Emily yesterday, I was like, can you remember like what part of the movie made you cry? And she's like, I don't remember. And she started to say... It's something about Abraham Lincoln. And I was like, well, that's helpful. And she's like, no, I mean, it's something about Abraham Lincoln that always makes me cry. And I was like, oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> I thought she was Valid. trying to tell me what part of the movie and was like, it's something about Abraham Lincoln. It's hilarious. <laughs> but I imagine, like, there are a couple like parts when, in it that are, like, like was legitimately talk- sad. No, not Sarah. When, when Shandra was talking about the sport in, um, in Descendants, and she was like, well, yeah, it's like Quidditch because, like, you make a goal and you run to the other end of the film. <laughs> Sarah's like, you mean like all sports? Sports. <laughs> so, okay. Confederate President Jefferson Davis convinces Adam to deploy his vampires on the front lines. And Lincoln orders the confis- confiscation. I know how to say words. He yeah, confiscates you do. <laughs> um, all the silverware in the area and has it melted in- melted to produce silver weapons. <laughs> And speed. Wait, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What you just is that? You just stumbled over a word. So when you said silverware, I thought you were saying civil war really weirdly. <laughs> Listen, I don't have Midwest mush mouth. I have postpartum mush mouth. Um, <laughs> okay, so he confiscates all the silverware, not yes, civil war. Please continue. He confiscates all the. I can't. I still can't say confiscated. Or, that lady who's just like so upset when they take her like box of yes. silver. I mean, that was probably like her life savings. It's probably like family, fair. family heirloom. Yeah. Um, but Speed, believing that Lincoln will lead them to death, defects and informs Adam that Lincoln will transport the silver by train. Mm-mm-mm. This is where I was like, see, I told you this guy was a little scumbag. But just wait. And I was like, oh, yeah, it seems right. And then in my head, I was like, in your head. what if it's not? <laughs> <laughs> what if it's not Whoa. a betrayal? 
Wow. A double double cross. A double double cross. Well, let's a see, shall cross, we? A triple cross, if you will. But don't uh, bring those crosses around those vampires. They will not be pleased. So this is... If you double cross a vampire, will he light on fire because of the cross? Please continue. <laughs> now I'm wondering about what is it? Like, where did the phrase double cross come from? Because if you're crossing somebody... Hmm. You're crossing hmm. them like doing them wrong. Like you, you cross yes, me. Yes, but why? You know, like, yes, okay. exactly. Why? Why is that a phrase? I don't know. Somebody uh, look it up. But do it later. I'm doing it right now. Oh my gosh. Go. <laughs> you somebody, keep going, and I'll and do I'll this pop later, in. Sarah. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and open you know defiance. If I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. <laughs> and open defiance. No, I don't. I don't really care. On the train, um, Adam and his sister attack Lincoln, Sturgis, and Johnson. Who have set fire to to the area. To the rain. To the, Watch it yeah, burn that's... as he touched your face. <laughs> anyway. And during the fight, in which Speed is killed. So this is something Speed. to note. Hold on to that. Adam uh, learns that the train holds only rocks. And he discovers this by whacking the guy's head into, into a barrel. <laughs> like you do. And then he lifts it up and he's like, hmm, what's in this barrel? And he pulls out a rock. <laughs> um... So Lincoln then reveals that Speed's betrayal was a ruse. Just like Chandra was like, what if it's not? It was not. What if it's not? What if it's not? And it wasn't. It was not. Okay, but you didn't say it out loud, so it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Because I was like, surely there's no way. He just had that face that was like, this guy's going to double cross someone. Yeah, he has a traitor face. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. Not not this actor, but he's got a real traitor face. Um, so we find out it was a ruse to lure Adam into a trap and Lincoln uses his watch to stab Adam and kills him. And the three escape the train before it explodes. Now, I know Shandra wants to wax poetic about this whole train sequence. As to Sarah. Okay, go. <laughs> Shandra, you go Okay, first. wait. Uh, I feel like it's important to talk about Mary. Oh yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. say, Mary and the ex-slaves have transported the silver to Gettysburg through the Underground Railroad during all yes. of this. Yes, yes. Amazing. Yes. You know what? That's good enough. We, we don't got time. So I love a good action scene on a train. Mm-hmm. And because of that, Sarah and I made a list. <laughs> um, I would say it's not in a particular order, but yeah. it's in a vague particular order because I would have done, I would have ranked things differently, but I went with what Sarah ranked them. Oh, wow. So much, so much uh, responsibility. Yeah. Come on, ride the train. Okay, so five best train fights in cinematic history. I just want to say, first of all, I have one in mind, and if it's not on the list, I'm going to be mad. Oh, that was scary. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay. According to Sarah and Shandra on February 4th at 10.30 p.m. <laughs> the year of our Lord, 2023. <laughs> That's right. Uh, at number one, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, because mm-hmm. we love to see some animals. <laughs> number two. This is the one that I don't remember. Um, Anastasia. Oh, that's the I one. I cannot believe you don't remember. Okay. Uh, that's the one I was thinking of. Yes, this is very okay. Anastasia-esque, including the bridge blowing up, although there aren't any magical green demons that do it. It's mm-hmm. wild. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. Okay. Number three, Enola Holmes. Ew. Great. Number four, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Nice. And number five, because how dare you do this to my boy, Captain America First Avenger. Oh, uh, Bucky. <laughs> He's Bucky. fine. I is he? I honestly, yeah, no, I, I prefer my emotionally, but physically. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, back to Mary. Uh, it's cool the way they set that scene up, right? Because it looks like it's just her and a couple other people riding through the woods, like trying to escape to safety. So you think that they're just like, oh no, they got caught, they're in danger. But then there's the reveal of like the double cross 
and the, the silver is not on the train, and then they cut back to the train, quote-unquote, of the Underground Railroad, and there's all of these. So it's not just Mary, it's Harriet Tubman and all of these uh, black people from the Underground Railroad that are, like, helping, and they're, like, carrying all of the silver, and it's, like, such a badass moment. They, like, come out of the trees. It's so cool. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really neat. They're Because they're like, we're going to use the railroad to get the silver there, and so they naturally go to the mm-hmm. actual train, and then it's, like, Underground Railroad. F*** you guys. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what's your fun fact? Um, okay, so I have to do a little. We have to go back a little bit further to when Willie dies. Ugh. It causes a fight between Abraham Lincoln and Mary, and Ma- I think this is also when Mary finds out about the whole vampire hunter thing. <laughs> you know that old thing. Or like she knows, but she finally confronts him, and she's like, "Listen, let me help." So, and he's like, "Okay." And then this is kind of where they concoct the scheme. And there's a scene where Mary is sitting at a table, presumably in the White House. With Harriet Tubman mm. coming up with a plan and telling her we need to move things discreetly. And my fun fact is that historically, a African-American was not a guest in the White House until 1902 or 04 when Booker T. Washington came to the Theodore Roosevelt White House. How awful. That is so late. Yeah. How we need a, We need a term for like interest. Like a term as catchy as fun fact that just means interesting fact that's potentially horrifying. <laughs> Um, and uh, Theodore Roosevelt got a lot of slack for it. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Wow. Yeah, but good for him, dang. So now leaderless, the Confederate vampires stage a final massive assault. Um, and they are met head on by the Union with their silver weapons, including Mary, uh, who has uh, like taken yep. one of Willie's toys. Yes. Um, His toy soldier, right? Yeah, toy soldier. One of its little like weapons, which why is it silver? Um, and shoots That's it right into her head. Yes, brilliant. Revenge. It's very good. It's very good. Um, and then a few months later, Sturgis tells Lincoln that uh, the remaining vampires have fled the country, and he tries to convince Lincoln to allow him to turn him into a vampire so that he can become immortal and continue to fight the fight. Um, Lincoln says Ooh. no, and that night he is killed. That is the timing of that dramatically is so interesting. Yeah. Like, because I wouldn't want to be immortal either. Being immortal would be a nightmare. I'm already, oh, I awful. already randomly get sad thinking about how I'm going to outlive my cats and my friends, <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah. potentially, and, you know, family members and whatever. Like, I'm just kind of like, I don't, can you imagine? No wonder Angel was so broody all the time. Mm-hmm. Literally everybody you know and love eventually dies. Come on. No, thank you. Absolutely but not. also, he probably didn't want to get killed that night, so what a bummer also the fact that he gave his like book like journal thing to henry that night oh. and then it, it fast forwards to modern times and he's approaching henry's approaching another young man in a bar in washington dc um and then it ends and i thought that that man was obama <laughs> based on the that year been, that it came that out been way better I looked it up. It would have been awesome. Because I was like, Shandra, was that supposed to be anyone in particular? And so I looked it up and the director was like, LOL, I guess some people think that this is Obama, but it's definitely not. It's just like a random guy. Dang it. Because the phone is too current to be Obama. Yeah, that so that's awesome. true. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So any final thoughts on Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? A lot more fun than what I thought it was going to be. Okay. Recommendations. Okay. So. This one actually might be hard. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's like, it was a beautiful movie. This one was so yeah. fun. Like, oh man. 
Um, you're welcome for coming up with this amazing pairing that you resisted for over a year. That's right. Sarah's got good taste sometimes. <laughs> okay. Okay. How about this? As president of the United States, you have to make a lot of really important decisions, and sometimes you don't have time to explain your reasoning to people. And here's the situation you're in. You're president of the United States. Congratulations, by the way, for being the first female president of the United States. What the hell? Okay, (laughs) moving on. You have to make an important decision, but you're in the situation room, like in the West Wing, and you don't have time to explain yourself. And the question is, should you watch Lincoln, that came out in 2012, horrifically, or... Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Go! Quick! Otherwise we have to pick up that red phone thing that, like, blows up Russia or whatever. Vampire Hunter. <laughs> vampire Hunter! <laughs> um. Oh god, there goes Russia. Hold on. Okay, Vampire Hunter. Yes. Yeah. Wait, wait a second. Did they both come- they both came out in 2012. Are you- You know what? I do vaguely remember that. Seriously? I do vaguely remember that. Yeah. That's, That's incredible. It's I like how, that. like, five Pinocchio movies came out this year. <laughs> I mean... Or like that two Friends with Benefits movie came out the same year. Yes! Oh, yeah! The exact same plot. Okay, so thank God we solved that problem. The country has been um, saved. <laughs> if you like the podcast, please leave us a review. Let us know you left a review and we will give you a sticker. It'd be great if you gave us five stars. Five... What? The biggest We'd understand of if you took one off for nonsense. Stuff. No, that's what makes us who we are. Five, five billboards. Five really tall hell, hats. Five oh, hellfire billboards. <laughs> Five out of five Jesus is watching you masturbate billboards. Or 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 five Lion's Den billboards. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, we don't I, I love how Sarah didn't realize that Lion's Den was a dynasty. <laughs> More like a lion's den. Like, oh, this this like small Missouri. Uh, you probably haven't heard of it. It's like this really I'm sorry. It's like um, this really we haven't heard of Lion's Den. Highway side pork chop. <laughs> How could how could you live ten seconds in the Midwest and not know about Lions Den? Can I tell oh, you? Can I tell you when I turned eighteen, my friends went into one of not Lions Den. It was a different store. I forget what it was called, but it, they found a very inappropriate bumper sticker and put it on the back of my car, and I did not realize it was there for like amazing a full week. Amazing, unacceptable. Where were say? we? Oh, stickers. Speaking of what bumper stickers, say? we have non-inappropriate stickers that you're welcome to have. Sarah, please, what did the bumper sticker say? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember being oh. very embarrassed about it. I'm sorry. I can't remember. I'll try to remember. You're killing me. Okay. Uh, if you would like to talk to us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Clashy Spencers. You can also send us an email at clashypodcast at gmail.com. All right. I mean, I guess uh, everybody remember, don't go outside at night unless you're bringing some silver with you, which I mean, I know I always do. And in the meantime, stay classy. Bye. Bye. Sorry, I got, how popular is the name Evan in the United States? Wow, apparently Evan was the 440th ranked male name in 1957, and it peaked at the 35th ranked in 2009. This is what people come to the podcast for. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, so we're in Indiana. Uh, Abraham Lincoln's a child. We're doing great. Abraham Lincoln. Okay.
God, Andrea, continue with the submarine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>